Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another edition of the Detour Live. I'm your host, Dan Jones, joined as always by my old sparring partner, Johnny Trevorrow. Uh, if you another great episode tonight, we're going to be chatting with Simon Clark. Now, the last time we spoke to Clarkie was at the end of last year, I think. He didn't have a contract. We put out a bit of an SOS, talked about how good he was as a road captain. He was in great form. He was training the house down. He was my favourite for the Nationals. And geez, what a month for old Clarkie. Well, it was actually the start of this year because it was during the Bay Crits. No, we didn't talk to him during did the we? Bay Crits. Oh, I like it. Every, every day. Yeah. I told you, you got the first stage of dementia, mate. It's starting to slip. But, yeah, no, it was, it was just after Chrissy, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. But you just had to sleep in the Bay Crits, as always. Of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's Which not waste he... any more time. Let's just get him on because we're just going to be waffling on and people will tune out before <laughs> we get to Clarky. So Simon Clark joins us live now. Clarky, thanks for coming back on the detour. And, and first of all, congratulations. One, getting a team, but not just doing that, getting some bloody great results, mate. What? A, what ah, a thanks, Jonesy. Uh, it's good to, yeah, hit the ground running. It was uh, definitely a, a stressful off-season for me, but... Uh, just tried to knuckle down and and not lose hope and and just believe in myself and tried to you know in a way it gave me extra motivation to to really step things up and uh, yeah in the end uh, I got the call up and I was like you say ready to pull the trigger. Ify, fantastic, mate. Well, look, <clears throat> we'll go on about the Bay Crits in a minute, but um, and and you rode amazingly well in both of them. You, mate, you set both races alight, actually, even though they nailed you just before the line on both days, but that's another story. But um, And, of course, the Bay Crits uh, has got you the form that uh, that you're showing okay. there in New York. Let's Mallorca. move on, John. Move on, John. <laughs> Take us through the process of how it happened because, you mm. know, we spoke to you only uh, a week before uh, the end of the year and, you know, you, you were – you had all the feelers out, but nothing had happened at that stage. So take us through the process of what happened in that short time. Because one day you were riding the Nationals, next day you were off to a training camp. So t- take us through that. Yeah, so uh, the difficult situation for me was that Quebec really never admitted to defeat until the last minute. And so it was difficult for me to, you know, teams weren't really paying attention until – Quebecer came out and it wasn't I think until the 23rd of December when they made a, a public announcement that the team was going to fold and it wasn't until then that I could really go right now at least everyone's going to know that uh, the team's done and the riders that are involved in that team are, are available and so as soon as that happened uh, I did a few interviews and, and uh, purposely tried to get a bit of publicity going and, uh, yeah, that gained the attention of, of Israel. Uh, being the Christmas New Year period, though, uh, it was, you know, nothing was going to happen overnight. So there was uh, probably a 10-day period there where things were kind of happening and if it was a different period of the year, probably would have happened even more quickly. Uh, but, yeah, with Christmas and New Year over that couple of weeks there, uh, it kind of just took a little bit back and forth and uh, to get things over the line. And then, yeah, it wasn't until the night on the Friday night, uh, the night before the Bakeries, that I got the phone call saying, right, we're on. How quickly can you get to Europe? We got a training camp starting on Tuesday. And I said, well, I've got this pretty big race in Geelong to do on the weekend and then I can get on a flight on Monday and I'll be there on Tuesday. 
Good man. I love it. Because <laughs> that was amazing. Because, yeah, I saw the announcement. I thought, well, hang on. Isn't Clarky at the bakery? And then I saw a photo. Bang, you were in Europe, training camp. So yeah. when you got to the training camp, obviously, you know, there's guys that you've ridden with before. Daryl Limpy pops to mind. There would have been some familiar faces. How was the integration into the team uh, when you first got there? Yeah, well, being around as long as I have, uh, fortunately, I've got quite a lot of ex-teammates in the peloton and I think there's six or seven uh, ex-teammates of mine in Israel. So to rock up and and already have six or seven guys that I'd already worked with closely and then and a bunch of other guys that even if I hadn't been teammates with, I was friends in the, in the peloton and then get along with well. So, uh, yeah, it was... You know, it wasn't like coming home, but it was pretty close to that. And I uh, just slowed straight in and, yeah, straight into it. It was it was really good. So uh, absolutely no issues from that point of view. And from then on, I was just focused on uh, settling in and, and getting back into uh, my professional routine that we do over here and, and get the ball rolling ASAP. Now, every training camp is different. Uh, was this a training camp where they gave you an opportunity to show your legs and you obviously would have been keen to say, hey, guys, I've, I've, I'm actually fit. I'm ready to go. Yeah, uh, it wasn't it – wasn't, it was pretty good tra- good training camp, actually. Uh, long, some really quite long rides and, and some good training and some, some tough intervals. And then we did have a, a testing day where where we, we had to do uh, – you know, a, a ten couple of ten minute tests, and uh, that was pretty much your chance to to show how you were going. And I actually did an all time PB in the ten minute <laughs> test in the camp. So after that, I had a meeting with the, with the team management, and they kind of sat down and said, "Well, to be honest, we were preparing on starting you late later on in the racing season to you know expecting that you might be a bit behind with the preparation." And, and uh, you're needing a bit of extra time before you start racing, but actually we might put you in the first race of the year because you seem like you're, you're ready to go. Well, it was a good move in the end because <laughs> you got some fantastic results. I think your first one was, was it sixth, and then you got third and maybe fifth or whatever on the, on the final day. But what was the emotion like when you – I think when you got six, you could tell after the stage, like there was a sense of, it, it just sort of the relief of that you knew you had good legs, but just that the team had given you this opportunity, but you felt like, you know, you're going to pay that back pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, yeah, it was just, it was just a relief. I mean, if I was sitting at home and I was ready to retire and, you know, I was a bit over it, then it would be a different situation. But the fact that I was at home without a team, knowing that, I can still compete at a world level with these big guys and, and not have an opportunity to do so. It was, was pretty hard to take. So to get that last minute call up and then jump straight in and, and show that, you know, I'm, I'm, I can still compete at the pointy end of these races uh, was, was pretty satisfying. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy that the hard work that I did put in over, over the Aussie summers is, uh, is showing. Now, you talk about retirement. Look at a guy like Val Verde, who's 64, and he's still bopping around <laughs> in the finale. I mean, does that give you inspiration to go, hang on, I might just be sort of peaking here? Uh, I mean, yeah, he's, he's uh, from a, from an age point of view, he's an inspiration. The way, you know, he's, he's just evergreen, you know, and uh, he races so well and so smart. And, you know, I, I can't see, you know, he doesn't show any signs of 
of getting old. So I mean, he said he's going to stop at the end of this year, but if he if he does decide to continue, it wouldn't surprise me because I, I can't see him I, I can't see him slowing down at all very anytime soon. If he, I see, I see you rolled him in the, in the first one. You were fifth, and he was sixth. And then, uh, and then the day you got uh, third, he was second to Wellens. I think he rolled you last night, yesterday. Uh, I think you you finished sixth, and he finished. Uh, he won he that won. one. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So no holding the old bugger back. Yeah. Mate, he's a he's a freak. He's, he's a, a freak. freak. He's he really is a freak. I know he's got maybe a, a questionable history and whatnot, but as an athlete, he's he's an absolute freak, and uh, you know. He's, yeah. The fact that he can still do what he's doing at at uh, 40, 41 yeah. or whatever, I'm not sure. I'm good mates with someone who's had a lot, uh, been very close with uh, Valverde right through his career. And he says he's one of the most naturally gifted athletes of all time. He says he's one of the cleanest athletes of all time. He was in a, a team that had a bit of a shady thing and he got caught up in that. He said, But I can tell you now, he's one of the cleanest athletes. Yeah, you've got to go, and he's one of the most amazing athletes. In the, in his early days, he was a sprinter. I mean, I've seen mm. photos of him beating Robbie McEwen in bunch sprints. You know, so he was up there with the fastest sprinters, and he moved from that into an all-round road road rider and winning Grand Tours. So, you know, he is, uh, you know, in every uh, um, form of cycling, just something really extra, uh, and a real. You know better than anyone, mate. But uh, they tell me, just an easygoing bloke, just a real. Open, easygoing guy. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a super guy. Uh, but he still has the passion. We were in the on the podium when he when he came. Oh, what happened then? We lost Clarky. I could hear like some sort of hissing and buzzing. I thought his phone's going to blow up here, and it did. So, but we did have we did have a couple of comments. He's just come back on. Um, Gavin B says that's got to be close to be a record. If he two mentions of the Baker, it's in the first two minutes. Impressive. Clarky, oh, you're back. No, you're right. <laughs> we, we, we thought uh, your phone blew up. <laughs> oh, someone rang me and just everything goes. Um, yeah, we were on the podium and uh, when he finished second and I was third and, and Wellens kind of showed him how showed him the fence there on the left coming into that sprint. He was he was ropeable. <laughs> and he comes to me going, What do you reckon? Do you reckon? Is that is that should he be getting rubbed or what? And I'm like, ah, oh, look, mate, it's, it was a tricky little finish there. Uh, the road was hardly straight, so I think that they'll probably just leave the leave the decision as it is. But yeah, he was he's racing like he's hungry as ever. Yeah, that's what happened. You pissed him <laughs> off, and then he goes out and beats you. He hasn't forgotten. <laughs> just said, yeah, mate, no, he chopped you. Whatever support you need at my end, no dramas. Uh, now, yeah. Jan Boardman's got a question: Have all the teams' riders now found new contracts? What happens to those that didn't? Your your story, it's not very common, is it? Like a rider signing up at that part of the season, or is it? Like, just for no, the viewers? Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's not very common at all. And, uh, yeah, there's there are a lot of my teammates that either don't have teams at all or they've had to go to basically continental-level teams where they're riding for for no income at all. So it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty tough situation. I, and I consider myself very lucky that I was able to find a team that was willing to take me on uh, so late in the in the piece. And uh, I think, yeah, there's from my team, I'm the only one since uh, 
since they made the announcement that's managed to sign with the World Tour team. Sally uh, Ilton says, congrats, Clarkie. We all had our fingers crossed that you get into a new team. Now, have you had discussions? Obviously, you've had some great results so far. What are the goals? Obviously, the, the spring classics are going to be coming up before we know it. Um, races like Amstel obviously suit your uh, characteristics. Um, have you got any sort of goals for the rest of the year with a new team? Yeah, so basically, the, you know, the team sat down and said, look, we really want to be able to take you to some lower-level races like uh, Mallorca was and, and that you can perform yourself. And then we also want you to be a bit of a wingman for, for our leaders, uh, both Michael Woods and, and Jakob Fulsang and, uh, and whatnot. So uh, I'm going to be racing a lot with Woodsy this year uh, in Catalonia and Pays Basque. And so the other motivation for me in Mallorca was, okay, I've got a chance here. I don't know how many more of these kind of races I'll be doing where I do have a free ticket and I just need to make it count. One, to to set it, you know, I've only got one chance to make a first impression and uh, I wanted to just uh, set off on the right foot and then know that maybe later on in the season I'll, I'll be riding a support kind of role, which is, uh, which is fine for me, but it, it doesn't just give me as much of a chance to show my personal quality. So it was good to get that show that in Mallorca and then, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have a few more opportunities throughout the year, but I'll be also racing a lot uh, alongside uh, Michael Woods and Yaga Fulsang. Now, Woodsy, uh, you've been his wing man before and you, you two have got a pretty good uh, friendship. So you were a couple of years with uh, Woodsy at EF? Yeah, we actually we actually did five. We were there for my whole five years at EF uh, we were together as teammates and then last year we both left and he went to Israel and, and I spent a year at Quebec and now we're back together at Israel. So basically in the last seven years, we've only spent one year in different teams. So uh, I'm, I'm very close with Woodsy and he's a great teammate and he's a super athlete. And although he's not young either, I still think he's got a lot to deliver and he's going he's gonna to do some cool stuff. Weren't we talking about Woodsy on the last show? Like you took him under... You wing a bit and showed him the ropes in the early days. I'm getting flashbacks. I, he was also, you know, it wasn't just a coincidence that I went to a team where Woods is. He was also a, a factor in helping helping get the deal over the line with with Israel. Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't just the the detour podcast. It also was. Kind of I mean, that was a, that was definitely a big part of it. Uh, <laughs> For sure. I have to say, sure. but uh, not not the only part. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Clarky. Well, geez, mate, we'll be checking in throughout the year because, uh, yeah, we're massive advocates of obviously not just you as a rider, but as a bloke. And uh, Janice Ashcroft says, hello, all. Great to have you on here, Simon. Anything you want to add before we let Clarky go, Iffy? Oh, just uh, what's the actual next race for you? So where to from here? So I'm on for Tour of Provence next week, Thursday to Sunday in uh, in southern France. And then uh, I've got another 10 does days at flick, home. Does that I flick actually... up uh, Mont Is it a little flick up Mont Ventoux on that yeah, one? Yeah, no, they've, it does have a tough hilltop finish on the last day, but uh, fortunately not Mont Ventoux this year. <laughs> but uh, I was looking last night on the – doing a bit of homework, and I think it's, yeah, 12 or 13K uphill finish on the last day at about 6.5%. So uh, it doesn't have Mont Ventoux on it. <laughs> Next to the as its name, but uh, it's not going to be too much different, I don't think. 
Yeah. We do have one final question from the viewers. Gavin wants to know, Clarky, which teammate over your career was the angriest when it uh, races came down to the crunch? Uh, good question. I have to say, I've, I can't really. I've had I've had pretty good teammates over the years. Um, I can't really. Yeah, there's there's not many. You know, too many guys that are that uh, I've had issues with. Uh, as teammates, uh, the sprinters as in general can get a bit fiery, but quite often when when they fire up uh, due to frustration, it's actually because they're not going as well as themselves. Uh, they're not going themselves as well as they they would like to, and they kind of try to uh, find a reason for the teams uh, <laughs> to, to to make that the yeah, yeah. their teammates. So that's that's yeah. kind of the only situation I've found where where teammates get fired up, and I'm pretty quick to shut that down and go, "Hang on a second, uh, let's let's have a bit of a more uh, holistic view of this situation." Now I got a text from the great Matt Keenan. Uh, world-renowned broadcast. He says, "If you ask Clarky about Chris Froome's race program, no, we haven't, because we don't think as sharp as you do, Keenan. Do you know his race program at all, Clarky? Don't actually. I don't know if he does yet. To be honest, uh, I think he's just in in recovery mode at the moment, or rehab mode, uh, whatever you want to call it. He, he actually, on top of his uh, big crash uh, a couple of years ago, and and the ongoing rehab he's doing for that, he actually." Uh, injured his knee uh, quite badly this winter. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, in rehab process for a, another issue on top of his uh, femur issue. So uh, we're all hoping he can get on the start line ASAP, but uh, he, he needs to get that sorted before he's going to be able to start racing. And I'm, to be honest, I'm not exactly sure how uh, how he's going with that since, since the training camp. Must yeah, be good having a guy like that around the group, though. Must give a big buzz. You know, you can pick his brain about stuff, but yeah, you know, I just pick his brain and ask about stories. You know, tell us the yarn about. He's a good guy. He's a good guy, and yeah, you yeah. You, you you rock up at a camp like that, and you, you'd never think he he's won the four Tour de France. He's just a chilled out bloke and happy to sit mm. at the back of the room and be anonymous, and, and he's always yeah. good for a yarn. Uh, good. It's a, just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, on poor old uh, Egan Bernal, who uh, mm. uh, tragically has broken his femur and just had a second operation on, on his back. Um, that's going to be a really tough road back for him too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm praying for the best for him, but, yeah, it's everything I'm hearing is not positive in a, in a a from a performance point of view. To be honest, at this stage i think we need to be crossing our fingers that he's going to be okay just to get his body right uh to live a normal life and then uh once that's guaranteed then reassess how how that'll uh bode as a a professional athlete but yeah it sounds like there's some pretty serious injuries going on there and uh you know you don't want to speculate but uh how he's going to go, but uh, I think his general health is is a priority at the moment, as opposed to anything else. Mm. Now I know you got to go, but um, you're busy racing, so I don't know how much of uh, you've jumped on YouTube and watched the other races. But in Saudi, so it was a great win by Caleb. Uh, took out the first stage, a very very strong sprint. But I was more impressed with the next stage, where. You know, it was a fairly hard uphill finish. They, they were dragging up for a couple of K. 
and he still finished in that group. You know, you could see, I just watched the replay of just before, and you know, there's the top bike riders are going, 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 and Caleb still finished in that neck uh, in the in the group just behind uh, uh, the stage winners. So very impressive this early in the season. Yeah, I, I did watch the replay too, actually. Uh, on it was on Eurosport yesterday afternoon, and I kind of just watched the last uh, 15, 20K, and oh, I was impressed too. Uh, it was a super effort. It was, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of guys left in that in that bunch uh, coming over the top of that climb there with uh, 800 metres to go or whatnot. And, uh, yeah, super ride by the, the Colombian from Bahrain. But uh, as for the rest, yeah, he was right there on the money. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely... Uh, Done, done some good work over the winter, and uh, I think uh, you know if if Saudi's anything to go by, he should be up for a for a good spring campaign. Yeah, I've got, sure. got another question from Keenan. He wants to know: Are you likely to do any races with young Aussie Seb Berwick, good climber, second Sun Tour twenty twenty? Well, he, he actually raced him in in uh, Mallorca. He was uh, he was there with me uh, racing in Mallorca, um, and yeah. He's, uh, I was also rooming with with um, Taj Jones, the other Aussie on the team. He was also Mallorca, so I was I was with both the other Aussies in uh, in Israel, in the Israel team, and yeah, they're going well. They're just young guys, still still learning the learning the craft and and getting there day by day. Seb had a few issues on on the on the uh, on the Saturday race where I was six, where he, he pulled out because he had some stomach stomach. Uh, problems so um, yeah it's just there's so many things that go into to being a pro athlete and even just what you eat in the dining hall at the buffet can can decide how your race goes and there's things like that that you just need to learn that you know the safest thing is eating chicken and white rice and although it's not very entertaining you just know that it's not going to give you problems when when you yeah. come down to racing so there's so many little things like that 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 you know go that you need to learn when coming over here and and racing racing these big races and and, and the big guys so uh they're getting there they've got a still got a a big hill to climb uh but yeah let's hope they can uh keep going and, and be up the pointy end sooner rather than later hey, if you, but, when you ask but, no oh, i just want to cut you off because this is funny when you said to Clarky, oh, did you get on YouTube? I thought you were going to ask him about the Astana rap video. <laughs> Clarky was the pioneer of this stuff with the Call Me Maybe in 2012. Oh, Have you seen the rap video and what did you think? I haven't seen it. I saw the, I saw the announcement, but I haven't I've seen got it. it. Do you want to watch it? On. Oh, oh, yeah, man, on. I, want to get, I want to get your feedback straight up. Okay, there. Astana Kazakhstan team. This is Astana Kazakhstan team. Yeah. Looking fresh. We are ready to win. We are rolling pedals for the gold medals. Our job is to win. Astana is my team. We are riding to win and it will be done. Astana is my team from Kazakhstan. We are rolling pedals for the gold medals. Our job is to win. Astana is my team. We are riding to win and it will be done. Astana is my team from Kazakhstan. This my challenge, this my way, my passion, my message, my power, my game My back on the road, my heart with my team My goals moving forward, I follow my dream My biker, my passion, I love you so much You look so high fashion, I'm out of your touch 
I spend all my time with my bike just to feel That all is still fine with my racing skills Scrolling my Twitter, I'm using hashtags My bike, I'm gator, I'm shaving my legs We are riding together, discovering the track And nothing can stop us cause Venus is back We build this empire with Lopez come back Luzengo's on fire and the shark can attack Tutte giorni strada, ore su ore Lottando per la fama, tra fatica e sudore We are rolling pedals for the gold medals Our job is to win, Astana is my team We are riding to win, and it will be done Astana is my team from Kazakhstan We are rolling pedals for the gold medals Our job is to win, Astana is my team We are riding to win, and it will be done Astana is my team from Kazakhstan What are you thoughts that? <laughs> so, well, they've, they've stepped it up, haven't they? Like last year, they did one. Was it last year or two years ago? They did one. Yeah. It was. I liked it too, but it was kind of more of a, a non-professional version, I think. But this time, they've stepped <laughs> it right yeah. up. I think that's great. Yeah. Huh? yeah. What do you think, John? Well, I saw, I've been reading all – I hadn't actually watched it. I've been reading all of the uh, reports who were bagging it. I thought it was bloody fantastic. A real laugh. We're rolling pedals for the gold medals. <laughs> well, there you go. But it's just so different. <laughs> like, and they're having a crack. And this is the thing. Like, as long as teams understand that it is also about entertainment at times, you don't always have to be monotone, serious. Just go there and have fun. And I think good yeah, on yeah. it. Definitely. Ah, great. And I, it's just got a bit way more professional feel about it. It feels like, you know, it's been filmed with a proper camera and high quality and not just on an iPhone and thrown mm. together by someone. And the other good thing is I don't know who was in charge of putting it together, but just at least getting the English lyrics right. Uh, when mm. you've got uh, – I've ridden for Astana in 2011 and, you know, it would be easy for a team like that to, to throw something like that together and and – with people who who speak English as a second language and, and you know, mm. although they they're doing their best effort, they can maybe not get the uh get the English phrases right. So from everything I heard then it sounded like uh yeah, it was good. They they yeah. got someone to, to do it properly, which is great. Well, that was the longest wrap up we've ever had on the detail detail. I think it's about fifteen minutes. Started with all right mate, last one. But last uh, one. Nah. Last one. Okay. Yes. <laughs> COVID. We hear reports of oh, a few a people. Yeah, Mallorca. I've already heard of a couple of riders uh, who are yeah. racing in Mallorca who have uh, come down with COVID. Uh, how have you found it, mate? There's a lot of COVID. A lot of pros have got COVID at the moment. We had, mm. I think, six changes for Valencia um, that started yesterday just from either COVID, people getting COVID or being uh, COVID contacts and then can't have to isolate or whatnot. So it's uh, it's a big issue. Not not so much an issue from people being sick, uh, but just the consequences of testing positive and having to isolate and uh, and not being available for races. Uh, and I think as as you guys would have probably heard as well with the January training camps that a lot of teams had in in southern Spain and whatnot. You know, some team, some camps were called off entirely, and other camps had some positive cases. And you know, they're, they're not. I don't know anyone who's actually been really sick from it, but just the consequences of having to isolate and potentially being uh, close contact is really putting a spanner in the work for, for race programs and, and riders being available for races. Mm. All right, mate. Well, yeah, as we said, 
loved having you on the potty, mate. Wish you best uh, for the rest of the season. We'll be checking in again soon. And, uh, yeah, take it easy, mate. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, yeah. guys. Running Clarkie. Have, mate. Have a rosé for me in uh, Provence. I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. No worries, mate. Take it easy. Simon Clark, uh, great character, and it's fantastic to see him get those results uh, early in the season. Now, we said in the description we've got big news because we've been pumping up detour travel. I'll be honest, I did have some jitters because you're a great guy, John, but I'll tell it to you straight. When it comes to logistics, and I don't often swear on this show, shit house. I was worried about that. It was the old days, mate. No, 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 because I was asking you about maps and you are going back to your – yeah, we'll, we'll book one accommodation for like four stages you're, there. You were just only, talking. You were talking it's only crap two again. fingers you on the map. Talking, and you were looking at an again. atlas. You're so it would have been a three hour drive. So anyway, we've prevented a potential disaster <laughs> because why compete with the best? Why not do something with them? So it might have been it might have been my idea, actually, Dan. But anyway, it's very true. Well, it might have been your idea because the reality of what you're about to take on, <laughs> I think you, you realise that it was best to talk to the guys at Moomoo Cycling. So we've got Marcel Berger coming on. Uh, we're going to have a quick drinks break. We've integrated a little uh, ad with those guys as well. If you're listening to the audio version of it, jump on YouTube. You'll see the pictures as well. Uh, we'll chat with him on the other side of the drinks break. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. It's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs. Semi-amateurs. And pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank and these bars. This could be the perfect match. But not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace, with over 500,000 products and 900 brands, where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns, and rides. Thanks to Bike Exchange and Moomoo Cycling. And Marcel Berger joins us live now. Marcel, thanks for joining the show, mate. And are you relieved? Are you nervous? What's the emotions now that uh, you've linked up with the detour? And, and if he's chewing at the bit to get to the Giro and the Tour, and geez, who knows? If he doesn't get dropped by then, he might show up at the Vuelta. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I think it's been a very long time coming with Ify. Um, well, we've been talking about this for a number of years. Um, yeah. But no, seriously, fine, because, um, yeah, even just listening to the conversation you just had with Clarky, um, that's pretty much what we do for a living. We just give people mm. an insight into the inner sanctum of cycling. And, um, yeah, you guys are the best in the business at it. Um, and, you know, we're the best in the business in getting people over there and in the race. 
Um, and uh, yeah, super exciting. Um, can't wait to uh, yeah to start working with if, if you're on the ground and maybe introduce him to a spreadsheet or two. <laughs> uh, the pair. Oh, look, I'm going to cover from both sides. I got, I got a serious question for you, Marcel. In that, um, I've always mispronounced pronounced your name. Obviously, it's a bit mm-hmm. like uh, you remember. Remember the great show, Keeping Up Appearances. Uh, Hycine Bouquet, as you call yourself, but it was spelled Bucket. So I just called, well, I've just called you Burger, but it's Berger. So what's correct? Right. It's Berger. It's Marcel Berger, but unfortunately, when I go to France, um, mm. hotels and everyone doesn't un- don't understand Marcel Berger, so I have to say it in French, which is Marcel Berger. Um, and then, oh. yeah, that starts a whole <laughs> massive problem of I don't speak enough French to continue the conversation from there. I'd run oh. with Marcel Berger. That's got a nice. I love it. <laughs> that, uh, that that's uh, Hyacinth's bouquet oh, yeah. for sure. For that's sure. Polished. All right. It sounds like Berger. a nice name for like a red wine, you know? Well, Marcel Berger Shiraz. Uh, well, no, it's actually an aperitif. Um, oh, there you go. There's an aperitif called Berger in France. Um, yeah. Really nice, actually. Yeah. yeah. We're there. So We're there. this year, now I've got a document that I can share with the viewers. If you're listening uh, to this on the podcast, jump on YouTube and you can see the images as well. Now, this basically summarises what the punter will get. Now, if they come on a traditional iffy detour, this is run so much more polished. And, I've, and I don't sweat anymore. But uh, <laughs> give us a run-through of, of what the experiences you guys do throughout the year and what they can basically expect. And, and I can just sort of flick through some of these um, slides. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So basically... Um, uh, yeah, over the years, um, I've spent time working at the UCI. Obviously, Stewie's um, uh, heavily involved in the business as well. Um, we've got a very wide network in the world of cycling. So at the end of the day, all we want to do and all we do is get cycling fans as close to pro cycling as you can, as you can possibly get. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, Stewie basically, is, uh, one thing he always says is literally you're as close to the race without putting a race number on. Um, so we're official operators for every major cycling race, so all three grand tours and pretty much every monument and the tour down under, uh, we work closely with the UCI on the worlds. Um, so at a race effectively, the way we look at it is if someone's going all the way halfway across the world to go and experience a grand tour, um, the, the race has to come first. So Mm. actually experiencing what the tour de France is or what the Giro is or, you know, being in, in amongst, in amongst it at uh, Tour of Flanders in Belgium. So what we do is we effectively combine riding, but riding is not everything. Um, and we, half of our clients don't ride at all. Um, but at the end of the day, we want you in the best places to watch the race as close to the pro riders as you can possibly get into areas that you can't get normally. So, you know, when we go to the classics, we're in, Stewie gets us into the uh, changing rooms and to the showers um i think we've got a photo somewhere of all of our stuff getting changed in the showers which is happening. <laughs> um and then oh, that, that's the classic that, showers of robay of course you're talking cl- about that's that. correct that's right. yes yes yeah yeah, yeah. Not, not just some random showers <laughs> um, uh, and then at the likes of the tour and the giro so like we're riding on course half an hour before the, the lead car of the front peloton um fully escorted by official cars not a single other person and hundreds of thousands of people on the side of the road um, 
And then when we finish, we've pretty much got VIP hospitality 100 meters from the finish, three tiers up, full food, drink. Um, we've got mobile showers along the way. Um, we stay in amazing chateaus um, that I've got a team globally that go basically spend the whole year finding. Um, it's more about the food and the culture. Um, and then we have special guests pop in. So, you know, we have lunch with Eddie Merckx. Um, you know, we, we catch up with Andy, Andy and Frank Schleck every time we're in France. Um, Tom Boonen always comes and has a beer with us. Uh, it's, it's really an experience that literally you can't get. Like, and then our hosts as well. So we've got Stewie, Gossy, we've had Nick Gates along. We've had Frank Schleck along. Um, and then even on the female side, Jada Bogata was an Italian national champion. Um, so we, we don't just meet these people. We actually immerse ourselves in it. And, and that, that's really what it's about. We just create memories that and, you can't And it's one else. thing to get names, but they are names that are some of the best cycling storytellers. Because, yes. you know, and, if you and, see a brochure okay. and you go, I know he's a good rider, but he can't tell a story for, to save himself. You would struggle to shut these guys up. And I can imagine yep. that people are just immersed, you know, in, in sharing yarns from previous races and back in the day. Oh, massively, massively. Like, you know, the way Andy talks about his, um, you know, epic battles with Contador up yeah. through the Pyrenees is, um, you know, basically you just sit there and smash a bottle of wine and just listen to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, well, the, well, the other good thing I saw the way you do your tours is you don't, you break them up into three bits. Now, John often tells the same bloody story over the tour like three <laughs> times, whereas this way it's fresh because you've got different groups, Iffy. Yeah. I've got plenty of stories, like, mate. I've got plenty of stories. I can do different ones every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, but uh, and also what we do is we try and break it up for everyone. So, um, yeah, you can't go to three weeks. Uh, you can't go on yeah, three-week yeah. holiday. It's ridiculous. So uh, the Tour de France, we've got 12 different itineraries ranging from a day through to 10 days. Um, riders, not riders. Um, we've got ones that are pro-hosted, ones that are more scenic. Um uh and you know we go visit four generation old wineries and have the the madam um who's still alive actually walk us through mm -hmm. their vines and show us their you know um, and cook us a meal out of their own kitchen um it's these experiences that really just show you what cycling is all about what europe's all about what traveling is all about and you just do it with a whole bunch of people who love what you guys love so say people watching this and they go right I'm not even thinking about the Grand Tours. I've just got a passion for like Roubaix or whatever because my greatest memory in the Grand Edge team was, of course, 2016 Paris-Roubaix. Yeah, and just when – it's not until you see it live and you see the effect of the cobbles on the riders. You can get a perspective on TV. But when you see a bunch going across the cobbles, do you offer packages for the one-day races as well? Yeah, no, 100%. Um, so at the Classics, we basically cover off – um, at a riding perspective, we do the sportif the day before the race, um, and then we ride long course. Um, and then because we're officially partnered with the race itself, we've got official cars, which means that we can take shortcuts um, and ride on course in front of the in front of the race, which is also a lot of fun. So yeah, we do um, Flanders, Amstel, um, uh, and Roubaix um, for the Spring Classics. Um, Strata Bianca is coming into the mix now. Milan San Remo is coming into the mix as well. Um, I've always had a dream of uh, Matty Goss and Simon Gerrans hosting a trip to Milan San Remo, which would be a lot of fun for us Aussies. 
Um, and uh, so, yeah, we, we cover off all those either as an individual race, three, four days, or over a larger trip um, over a period of time. Now, now I know uh, there's some challenges uh, this year already, but that you still have a few places uh, for yeah. the for the, the classics. So just to let people know, they can uh, jump onto the, <laughs> there we go, moomoocycling.com uh, and have a look. But uh, so you're doing, are you doing Milan San Remo this year? Uh, we can't, to be honest, coronavirus is throwing many spanners in our works. Um, yeah, there, there's probably no worse industry to work in in travel during this pandemic. Uh, so Milan San Remo is probably a bit tough just because of, uh, we just don't know what's happening over in Europe right now. Uh, so this year we've got Classics, Giro, Tour de France, Worlds of Worlds, um, but then 23 we'll have a, a full calendar um uh and classics yeah we've got i think three or four spots left um giro is really picking up tour de france pretty much was sold out of the alps um we've got over 100 people already booked so um it's it's gonna be a big one this year at the tour um uh but in the final week which is what i'm really most excited about through the pyrenees um oh, you know you've got epic awesome. climbs amazing food amazing wine um, and and obviously the, the final week of the race, that's where the action happens. So they will go all the way to Paris, yeah. The the tour. Yeah, group. that's correct. Yeah, so, well, well, we've actually got different ones. Yeah, but yes, pretty much. If you could have the biggest uh, long lunch on the Monday for the ones after the Paris, because that's your tradition, you go to the duplex it, nightclub. Make sure you don't crack a rib on those pillars on the way to the nightclub. Because <laughs> because one classic year, John might. <laughs> Woke up on the Monday after the tour, had this sore rib and couldn't work out how he did it. And then the following year, we were walking the same route to the same nightclub and walked into this metal pillar and hit his rib. He goes, that's it. That's how I did it last year. <laughs> <laughs> it took 12 months. Yeah. Downhill on the oh. way back. Yeah, downhill yeah. on the way back. And, and we, do, we do this traditional rose lunch. lunch which you, I'm sure you've joined us at some stage, Marcel. I have. I have a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. And uh, in this little Italian uh, uh, restaurant, uh, a wonderful lunch. It's after an all-nighter on the Sunday, and then lunch, which goes to midnight. I've got to admit, the last year we were on the tour, uh, two years ago, um, I was in a bit of trouble after that lunch. I started to realize I'm getting old, not as good as I used to be. <laughs> Never, anyway. Anyway, well, a special offer anyone that books the last week of the tour, you have an open invitation to the detour long lunch on the Monday. It's yep. not in the package, um, you can come down and have um, a rose, uh, and this yep. is the, the lunch that's normally open only for journos, so you get R all R the R inside stories. Yes. Rip Guinness and I hosted, uh, yep, and a yep. few other journos join us. Stewie's always there. Whitey's yep. uh, normally there, and a couple of the team riders drop in and out as they're flying out, whatever. It's a great lunch, and it's a moving feast, and it, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We've got, a, got a couple yeah. of comments. Annette Miller says, went to the Giro in 2019 with uh, Moomoo. Best experience was a day in a Green Edge car in the race. Uh, Jan Borman says, seeing the tour in person on the ground is the way, way more than anyone can explain in words. Andy Schleck is lovely. John has many stories. I have loads of stories on my own, and I do go for the full three weeks now. I love it. Wow. So, Jan, Jan is a lovely lady. She's actually uh, related to Chris Boardman, uh, if through marriage or whatever. But... Yeah, she is a, 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 a legend and uh, she's had some challenges of her own of late, but she's got over them and she's uh, coming back for the tour. 
Kim Dixon says, uh, have had some awesome trips with okay, Moomoo. Yeah. Looking forward to the world champs. And Tom, he's a smart ass. There's a challenge for the detour tours, capturing picks in the showers. Uh, we won't be going That website again for anyone out there, go to Moomoo Cycling. So that's M-U-M-M-U cycling.com uh, and get in quick because now that they know they can get a long lunch with Ify on the Monday, geez, 100%. that last week of the well, tour. It's the Giro too. Remember in the Giro, yeah. it's not that far away. The so tell us about it. So tell us about the Moomoo uh, Giro trip. Yeah, sure. So our duo trips, um, yeah, really exciting. We always kind of take in the Dolomites. Uh, mainly the final week of the Giro is really where it heats up race spots. Um, so uh, we start in um, Bergamo um, and then head away uh, from west to east across the Dolomites um, and then coming all the way into Verona for the for the time trial. Um, you know, we see five stages live with amazing hotels and wines. Um, and... Uh, the thing about the Giro is the Italians just do it differently. It's, it's yeah. an amazing feeling over there. Yeah. Um, like the tour is just a, a circus. circus. It's massive. Yeah. It's huge. It never stops. It, the, the whole country's on holiday. But the Giro, it just, I don't know, it's got this amazing, genuine feel. Um, and, yeah, who doesn't like Italian food? Just so much more passion. Like the Giro, uh, the tour, yeah, feels like that sort of bit more mechanical. Like it nice. is huge, whereas cycling feels like authentic. You know, well, well, the the classics is a, a step up from that. So you know, being in Belgium mm. for Flanders is basically oh, like yeah. being being at the Super Bowl or Grand Final mm. Day here in here in Melbourne. Sure. It's um, mm. it is nuts, absolutely nuts. I'm excited mm. about the Giro. I love the Giro, and uh, I'm I'm doing the whole. Uh, race this year uh, starting yep. in budapest uh which i've never been uh, been there so three days i'm hungry which would be great uh and the finish in verona is, is fantastic when i rode in 81 my, my, my last year in europe rode the Giro. we finished with an individual time trial into that beautiful arena in verona which is exactly what they're doing this year so that'll bring back some fond memories but my verona is such an amazing city the city of love and city of romeo and juliet and all of that so it, it's a it's a wonderful place uh and so that, that's a, a special um tag for, for, for a lot of people to get to a special reason for people to go yeah. uh, to, to this year's Giro. So and it'll be great. And the Dolomites are the most beautiful mountains in the world. Mm. There's no doubt about that. They're Next just level. stunning. Next level, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. bloody steep. So, uh, yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> it'll be great. <laughs> well, yeah, well, and just on that about the steepness. So, you know, a lot of our clients actually come to us and don't think they're uh, fit enough to ride on our trips. That's one thing that we're really, really good at. Um, at the end of the day, as I said, we care more about you know being at the race and being in the in in the inner sanctum than we do about smashing out 150, 200 k's. So, yeah, we've got some riders who come on e-bikes. We've got some riders that they might just want to ride the second half of the Motorola. So we'll drive them halfway up, get out of the van, and they can ride the last half. Um, mm. uh, so we kind of make it work for everyone, which is really, really cool, and help people achieve whatever goals they're out to achieve, uh, which mm. is a lot of fun. I've got yeah, great memories of, of the Motorola back uh, when Brad McGee did that amazing oh, yeah. ride and finished eighth, I think, overall. But uh, he was it, it was on the Motorola. He'd been struggling for a couple of days in the mountains, and I thought, this is the day I thought that he would crack. But he was sort of 
hanging in just off the back of the of the leaders going about halfway up, but we were parked on the side of the road. And yelling, and just the look of determination on his face. And he got through that stage and I thought, this is something else. It was absolutely one of the great performances of, of an Aussie in a Grand Tour. You know, for someone who yeah. was never thought to be a GC rider, proved that he, that he could have been. So it was an amazing performance. Yeah, 100%. Um, also this year, <laughs> we're going to uh, Monte Grappa. Um, and funny story about Monte Grappa, uh, there's like 19 different ways up that mountain. It's ridiculous. Um, and of course we, we took one of the hardest ones. So we're all, we're all at the top. There's this amazing war memorial with this incredible view at the top and Stewie, while the group was kind of looking the other way, Stewie just gave me a bit of an elbow and he said, don't let any of the group follow me. And he just went and Stewie did one of his greatest descents ever and got the KOM on the descent off Grupper. They've <laughs> <laughs> uh, always got that bad dog spirit. And you also, you start one of your days, you go over to Bassano de Grappa, the beautiful yep. little town there. Well, that's yeah, where that's uh, uh, Dara McQuaid uh, lives now. He bought a house oh, wow. there. Family of his uh, lovely partner live there, so I'm sure that they'll be there to welcome us. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we know yeah. Doug very well, and um, uh, and and that's another thing. To be honest, I'm really excited about partnering with you guys. Is you know, now we get closer to Bike Exchange, Jaco, so that's going to be fantastic. Mm. Um, you know, we did some work a few years ago with Green Edge Travel, and just yeah, really excited to kick off that relationship and get get Aussie fans as close to their team as we can. That's it, mate. That's what it's all about. Well, we're yeah. bloody excited to uh, be partnering with you guys. And, yeah, Rick Jagger, thanks, lads. He loves the show. And Jan Borman says, thanks, I'm not a cyclist, so I cycle and push the bike up to the top and then roll slowly <laughs> back down several mountains per year. It's great fun, and each one feels like such an achievement. To conquer it. There must be a lot of people that go on these tours. Obviously, no one knows everyone, but by the end of the trip, a lot of these guys are keep in touch because they've oh. all connected with this unique experience for the first yeah. time, or some people have come back, you know, year after year. Oh mate, we've still got it actually sucks because I've got WhatsApp groups from pretty much every single tour group we've run for about 10 years. Um people are still sharing stuff and when the Tour de France is on, that's when they all start getting active and chatting with each other. And mm -hmm. my phone just doesn't stop pinging the whole time. Um, and that's and that's what it's all about. It's um, yeah, it's an opportunity to to yeah experience something with like-minded people. Um, mm -hmm. everyone's there for the same reason because they love cycling. Um, and yeah, the relationships we create is just awesome. A lot of fun mm -hmm. and particularly around the dinner table after a day. Um, that's, oh, that's yeah, when, yeah that's when, war yeah. stories. I can't believe yeah. you half-wheeled me, Jono. <laughs> then, then there'd be those people that they get shitty with that have got the e-bikes, you know. They, all these people I know. sweating, but it's what it is. I'd be on the e-bike yeah. and I'd be setting bloody Strava records everywhere. It'd be great. Oh, mate, I, I, I want an e-bike, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I think every year I every year I sit down with Stewie and tell him what his schedule's like, the first thing he turns around to me and says is, really, really, you want me to ride that much? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I think uh, much like a motor in his bike. So, yeah, why not? Uh, it was bloody great having you on the show, Marcel. Nah, Berger. Thanks, uh, no, but, uh, not Berger. Yeah. Berger. 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 Berger.
Well, we'll no doubt check in again soon, mate. We'll have updates with how many spots are left and uh, we'll keep punters informed. But as we said, just jump on the website, moomoocycling.com. You'll get all the information there and it's going to be a fantastic year because uh, yeah, oh, we'll mate, definitely get wait. some stories on the road. It'll be a chance for us to connect with the punters live as well. COVID's prohibited yeah, definitely. that. definitely. Like, can't wait. Mm, yeah. Thanks Good very much, stuff, guys. Mate. Legend. Oh, Thanks, okay. mate. No worries. Marcel, great guy and uh, great company. Moving, so we're bloody excited. So anything you want to add before we wrap things up? If yeah, you... Just tell people how to click on and do all of those things you're supposed to do to uh, follow the detour. Uh, I've deleted the – I think it's just youtube.com forward slash detour pod. <laughs> I had it written all in here. I've work. got a bit of a clean – I've got a bit of a clean <laughs> I've got your email. If you want to send John an email, John at cyclingevents.com. You just want to have a chat with yeah. Ify. Tell him yeah. about your day. Uh, send him an email and uh, he'll get back to you. And they're welcome too. And I'll give them a special introduction to Moomoo because, uh, yeah. you know, Marcel's got this great package for the Giro for the last week. I'm mm. doing the whole uh, Giro. So if anyone wants to do a little bit leading into that, they they they, they could, uh, there might be a couple of spots to, to join us for that. But yep. mainly it's to put the two together. Uh, and the same Tour de France, we're, we're going to have a ball. Looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a cracking year. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, we'll be back again soon with another another episode. We're trying to lock down a couple of big names. Uh, Caleb Ewan, we should be able to get him in the next couple of weeks. And, well, uh, a couple of days, I reckon. He, Marcel, he, uh, Caleb was ready to come on uh, the weekend, but we just somehow... Couldn't get it. I'm not sure. It just didn't quite it's work. So it wasn't my fault. <laughs> it's going so well for him. Yeah. I, yeah. I was so impressed with his ride. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk to him next few days. I, sure. I want to get Daryl Limpy on because he's just started a YouTube channel because Chris Froome wound him up about starting one. So I want to pick his brain about that and critique some of his videos and give him some tips, but also see how he's going because he's obviously coming back from a serious uh, injury as well. And We'll try and get Esteban Chavez uh, in the next couple of weeks as well, see how things are going at EF. But uh, if you do have any show ideas or people you want us to interview, uh, maybe that's a way you can use the email address. Yep. John at cyclingevents.com.au. Just tell us. Yep. Tell us yep. who you want us yep. to interview and we'll hunt them down and we'll promise yep. they'll be on the show next week and yep. we won't get them. So that's how we roll. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you again soon. Um, we'll probably be back uh, next week, same time. Take it easy.